Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. It's another edition of the Talking Mets podcast here on this Sunday, June the 24th. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check me out all the time on MetsmerizedOnline.com. Send me a tweet at MikeSilvaMedia. And uh, you can get the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, as well as over at our buddies, The Grueling Truth, part of the iHeart Media Network. So go at it. Get what you can get. Listen to the show wherever you may want to. I uh, hope everybody's doing well. Mets just another loss. Uh, another loss in the books. 8-7 to the Dodgers. Old friend Justin Turner rearing his ugly head. <laughs> it seems to be the case ever since he left. So um, had a chance earlier today to catch up with Rich Mancuso of uh, New York Sports Day. He'll be joining me in just uh, a few minutes. You'll hear him. I actually caught up with uh, Rich right before the Mets Dodgers, so I caught up with him this morning. He brought the heat, a lot to talk about, and um, and, and Rich is pretty angry about what's going on in Flushing. So uh, where do I start? Uh, you know, look, uh, and, and by the way, I will be on WLIE later tonight with Rich Catino, so if you want to tune in, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast. If you want to tune in, check me out. On uh, WLIE, follow me on Twitter at Mike Silva Media. You can get all the details there. So, anyway, uh, before I get to the conversation with Rich Mancuso from earlier today, uh, where am I at with this team? Look, I know what Sandy Alderson said on Friday about how the Mets are somewhere in between of buyers and sellers. They are not buyers. There's nothing to invest in this team. They are sellers of some extent. They are not in a pennant race. They are not in a wild card race. They're 13 games under 500. Uh, July 1st is next week. It's about a week away. The season has gone to, uh, to to trash. That that we all know. So there's no reason to recap this lost weekend against the Dodgers. Another tough loss today. Uh, 
I guess the real question is, and it's been what we've been talking about now for a while, and even our friend over at the Daily News, John Harper, is starting to change his tune about this Mets club and whether or not there should be a complete teardown of the roster, which for a while I have not, since day one, I have not been in favor of something like that. Now, I look at it this way. John Harper in the po- in the Daily News is talking about how now with the situation with Nimmo, how he looks over at the White Sox, how they traded Chris Sale, and, and their rebuild is stagnating because, surprise, surprise, the prospects they got may not be uh, working out. That's what happens with prospects. The Mets do have some arms down in the farm system like uh, Justin Dunn, Anthony Kay, David Peterson. You have Peter Alonzo coming off a three-home run game for Vegas, so... You know, who knows what Peter Alonzo is, but he's certainly impressed in his uh, AAA debut. I know it's the Pacific Coast League. So even John Harper, who has been talking about tearing this thing down, uh, is, is changing his tune. And I think he's right, because when I look at this roster, if I'm the Mets and I'm in the, in the chair of Sandy Alderson, I have Michael Conforto, I have Brandon Nimmo, I know you still have Cespedes, so he's not going anywhere, but you have two corner outfielders, and then Conforto, someone who could play center, already there, and those are young, high upside. And with the case of Nimmo, I mean, look, you guys saw all the tweets. You saw some of the comparisons out there. I mean, Nimmo's having as good of a season as guys like Aaron Judge and Gleyber Torres. Now, I understand the age difference and the different kind of players and what have you, but he's having a tremendous season in just 235 plate appearances. I mean, he's got 12 home runs, 25 RBI. He's got an OPS of one, OPS plus of 169. He's got a 974 OPS. I mean, he's having a tremendous season. You have, obviously, Peter Alonso down in AAA. I mean, Dominic Smith is on the roster. I'm, I'm less excited about him, but he's hit okay since he returned. And then you got the pitchers. You got DeGrom, a couple of more years of control. Same thing with Wheeler, Matt, Syndergaard. You've got uh, Gazelman and Lugo. I mean, if you put Lugo in that five, your starting rotation is set for the next couple of years, and that's a very good rotation. You have some interesting bullpen arms. You saw Drew Smith this weekend. Uh, who knows with Tyler Bashler, Ryan Ryder, the other guy, the other young pitcher they got in the uh, Jay Bruce trade last year. Tim Peterson. I know he wasn't a highly ranked prospect, but he's shown something since he's been brought up. The Mets have some arms, I think that could put together a bullpen and, you know, you go out and get yourself a lefty reliever if Blevins is traded and and away you go. So, look, to me, there's enough here. Now, does this mean that you can build this team without doing some massive overhauls this offseason? No, you're going to have to go out. You're going to have to spend money. You're going to have to try to make deals. And I know what you're saying. Those deals are going to require you to potentially trade one of the starters. But, um, you know, I think the first thing, and, and this is really the first foray into this conversation on the podcast, is the Mets have to decide what kind of team they're going to be. Because right now, if you rebuild and you completely rebuild and you tear it all down, the first step is, is Sandy Alderson needs to retire or step back, and they need to figure out who's going to be the GM for the next five to seven years. Because it's not going to be 70-year-old Sandy Alderson, and he's already gotten a crack at a rebuilding this thing when he came in in 2010. You can't sit around, have him start the rebuild, and then, what, John Rico takes over, or they go, they, obviously it's got to be that, because then they'll have to go outside the organization. So the first step in this process is, 
if Alderson's going to stay, and all indication is he's got a contract through 2019, and I don't see the Will Ponds making that kind of change with Alderson, who's who's navigated that with uh, navigated them through some tough financial waters, has won a pennant here. So I don't I don't see that happening. What I do see is a situation where they have Cabrera, they have Familia, they have Blevins. They've got guys who they could go out, they could trade, they could get some modest pieces, I think, from those players to restock the farm system, do something similar to what they did last year, bring in some maybe bullpen arms or component players to be able to achieve some better depth than they have so far. And and then they have to go out and they have to figure out, okay, is it an anomaly that Cespedes now has got hurt a couple of years in a row? Is Bruce just having a bad year? Is Frazier somebody that could come back? And Frazier's done pretty much what you expect. Um, you know, what do you do up the middle? You know, if, if, if Cespedes comes back, you already got Conforto in center. But what are you going to do with second base now that Cabrera is a free agent? I think you got to focus a little bit more on defense. Is Rosario the answer at shortstop? I mean, he's had a really rough first full season offensively. Uh, he's played more like a backup. Uh, the catching situation, Devin Mazzarocco has come in and hit pretty well, provided a lot of pop. But defensively, he's eh. He's certainly not the greatest pitch framer. You've seen that over the last couple of nights. Is that the guy you want to bring back? And 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 and, and away you go there because Darno's not going to be ready from day one with the Tommy John surgery. Plowecki hasn't gone out and distinguished himself. So you'd have to go through the free agent list. There's a lot more to to this than just what we can do right now. We first have to see what the direction is. And my opinion is this. The names I just spout off, the starting pitchers, Conforto, Nimmo, you throw Gazelman, some of the young bullpen arms they acquired last year, there's enough to build a team there, I think. There really is. Now, does that mean they're going to go out and all of a sudden be a 100-win team uh, in the offseason? No, but there is no excuse. Andy Martino used the term on Twitter last night, Andy Martino of SNY, that this is a sick team, and it is a sick team. I don't think it's a bad team. It's not a team devoid of talent. It's a sick team. It's a frustrating team to watch because you go out there and you say they should be better than 13 games under 500. Everything goes wrong for them. But part of that is there's some bad karma, some bad mojo. And I know that sounds crazy, but I don't that, that cloud that has existed over this team now for the better part of two years has to be lifted. And unfortunately, that's where the hard decision of do you start to tear some of these players that are part of it out of here? That means maybe looking at trading a Syndergaard. Maybe, I don't think they're going to trade DeGrom, uh, Wheeler, guys that you say could have usefulness to this team next year, but if they've been part of this negativity and losing, do you really want to move forward with them? My answer is that's just, it's just the circumstance. These starters, this rotation, if you put it out there, those five guys that I just mentioned, there are a ton of teams, including teams that are contending that currently are in the playoffs that would trade their starting five for the Mets starting five. And and I believe that. And if that's the case, you have something special that you can't just find. You can't just rebuild with that. And John Harper, the Daily News, is right. You look at the Chicago White Sox where they traded Chris Sale. You, you don't know what these big prospects are going to turn out to be. You just don't know. And I guarantee you teams like the Red Sox, the Astros— especially the Yankees, who everybody knows is going to hoard the better prospects. They're going to try to pawn off the guys 
that are not necessarily the best percentage chance of being the elite player. If they were going to be an elite player, they'd hold on to them. Those teams are smart enough to know what they can give up, and scouting is an inexact science. And of course, this begs the question, the Mets haven't done a great job in player development. Do you trust the guys right now that are in the front office to make those decisions while you tear down and rebuild and start from scratch? See, to me, if you're going to rebuild, it starts with, hey, Sandy, thanks a lot. You've navigated us through a tough time. Now you got to go out and you got to take a step back, go in a consulting role. And then what is it, John Ricca? What's the next step? Do they go on a GM search? Is this 2010, the offseason all over again, where they're saying, hey, the run is over. We did what we can do. This time, instead of just getting a division title out of it, they got a pennant out of it, and let's move forward on this. So that's the real question you have right now. And I personally am not ready to take this gift of this starting pitching and say, this can't be a winner. This can't be a team that could compete for a wild card. I'm not ready to say the Braves and the Phillies are unbeatable. The Nationals have come back down to earth. The Nationals may very well have a window that's closed. The Cubs are not you know, banging on the door and, and to me aren't world beaters that can't be beat. Yeah, the Brewers are good and the Dodgers are good and you always have the Giants and 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 in the mix there, but... Listen, the National League, if the one thing you've seen all year, there's a lot of parity. And no one's really running away with it. And just because the Braves are good and everyone's excited about them, let's see how that is sustained. Let's see how those guys stay healthy. Let's see as the season wears on. Let's see when, if they make the postseason, how they fare. You know, nothing is forever. Nothing is, what is today necessarily might not be three months from now. And sure as heck may not be the same situation come April of next year. So my 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 opinion, and we'll see what Rich Mancuso of New York Sports Day thinks, is they should stay the course. I know this is painful. They should start to see what the market is for the Familias and the Blevins and uh, Strubel Cabrera. You know, I don't think anybody else is going to create a huge amount of demand. Who knows? Maybe Devin Mazzarocco. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, Frazier, I would certainly listen to. I mean, nobody should be untouchable from listening. But this includes guys like Zach Wheeler and Steven Matz. I would not just give these guys away just for the sake of rebuilding for maybe prospects. They have to get something back that has high upside, impact upside, that can help this team in the next two years for any of those guys. And I know that Kelvin Herrera was just traded to the, the Nationals and they got a depending on who you talk to, the prospect haul that they got wasn't the best. Here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm a scout because I'm not. I don't care what MLB Pipeline or Baseball Prospectus or any of these sites rank these guys. Just because someone's ranked on those sites doesn't mean they're going to pan out. And honestly, some of the players that I've seen people go gaga over, I'm like, what's the big deal? Our buddy, I got a buddy down in, in North Carolina that covers the Charlotte Knights and sometimes he says to me, Mike, I don't know what these people are looking at with some of these prospects that they think are great. So sometimes I don't really take what the the secondary, the independent, the blog media, what they go gaga over, even the major media, because even though now that they've discovered prospects, I'm not necessarily sure that they all the time know other than what they hear or what the hype is. And the one thing this team needs to start moving away from for sure, and you saw that in the first step with that, is the designation of Hansel Robles, is they got to stop focusing on guys who just throw hard but have nothing else. This Drew Smith kid, 
let's see, seems to have some moxie, he does throw hard, does he know how to pitch? This Tim Peterson guy, he doesn't necessarily throw and, 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 and kill the radar gun, but he seems to know how to pitch and get people out. And that's the kind of guys you need. And hopefully some of these young pitchers that they have down in AA, uh, Eric Hanhold, guys like that that they acquired last year could help be part of the bullpen solution, save the Mets some money if they could get a low-cost, high-upside bullpen. They already have a rotation that's going to start costing them more money. And then they could reinvest. I think they have about $30, $31 million coming off with the free agencies of Blevins and um, and A.J. Ramos and, and so on and, and so forth. Uh, at the end of the year, Devin Mazzarocco will be off the books. Um, who else here? You know, uh, it's about $30 million from what I, from what I jury's familiar salary. Um, so, you know, look, uh, let's take a quick break. Let's get to Rich Mancuso, New York Sports Day. Uh, great uh, columnist over there, covers the the Mets, covers the Yankees, does boxing. Rich was actually on the program a couple of years ago when uh, Ioannis Cespedes, the second round of Ioannis Cespedes free agent negotiations, and threw some rumors that turned out to be right. So he gives some really good insight about the Mets. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, you'll hear me uh, talk to Rich Mancuso. I caught up with him before the Mets-Dodgers game earlier today. And he'll give his take on what's going on with these struggling Mets. We'll be back right after this. Hey, Mets fans. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If you're looking for the best unbiased and independent coverage of the New York Mets, then look no further than MetsmerizedOnline.com. Metsmerized Online is the go-to place for comprehensive Mets coverage, including exclusive interviews, daily original articles, great weekly features, in-depth analysis, minor league reports, game-by-game breakdowns, and so much more. Find out why thousands of fans turn to Metsmerized Online every day to get the latest news and opinions about the Mets. Coming from an impressive staff of the most passionate fans and skilled writers ever assembled all in one place. Check it out for yourselves, Mets fans. Go to MetsmerizedOnline.com right now. That's Mets, M-E-R-I-Z-E-D, online.com, and get Metsmerized today. We're back, and uh, joining us from New York Sports Day, we've had him on before. He actually uh, was on during the Holy Ioannis Cespedes signing, brought some really good information and news, and he's joining us again, uh, Rich Mancuso, New York Sports Day. You can check him out on Twitter, at Ring786. And uh, Rich, uh, if, they, if people have been following you on Twitter, uh, you've been pretty open and adamant about your disgust with this, uh, as Andy Martino of SNY calls it, this very sick New York Mets ball club. Yeah, thanks to Master Sandy, the general manager, as I call him, Sandy Alderson. Now, I haven't had my morning coffee yet, so let's make it easy, okay? <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's really, really. I, it, it, you know what it bothers? Not only it's, uh, I'm a look. Let's face it. Everyone knows from my tweets, and you can tell in between the lines of my writing, whatever that. I'm a Met fan. I've been a Met fan all my life, living in the Bronx, which makes it even worse. But um, what, what covering this team objectively, and then you look at what three years from being in the World Series to where they are now, 
that makes it even worse. It's it, that what I say perplexing. It's just it's disgusting, and the product that they have is just not marketable. It's just not baseball here in a in a big market. It, it's uh, they become one of the worst. If I would say maybe worst franchises in baseball or, or top at the bottom because of what they've happened, what has occurred over in three years. Granted, 2015, a lot of things went their way. Just mentioned you went assessment. That was a big part of it. And you can credit Sandy for that because he convinced management against the hierarchy of the Will Pond they had to do it. Daniel Murphy just hit his stride at the right time and became this great home run hitter. And the young pitching came together that they thought was going to take them into the future and win championship after championship. And we all know that hasn't happened. That's what really hurts. And it hurts a Mets fan more than anything else to see what has happened in three years. 2016 wild card, they barely got in there. One game they were out. Last year, disaster. This year, even worse. And if you look at it, this year is worse than last year because they're blaming all the injuries last year, but they're just about more of them this year, including Jason Vargas today. All of a sudden, comes a blame in his conditioning and can't start, so they're going to go to a bullpen to, to do the pitching on Sunday today. Uh, so it wasn't Ray Ramirez's fault, the trainer, that they were blaming and the training staff who fired everyone. It's what is running this organization? You don't have proper baseball people in place. The ownership doesn't give a damn, not like the owners in the Bronx with the Yankees. Uh, but it stems from who is running the organization. And that's Sandy Alverson and getting all the autonomy from his great ownership, the Wilpons. I call him Master Sandy. And now it's time to hashtag. Ridmaster Sandy, as I always write, because until you get the proper baseball people in place, the New York Mets are just going to be this mediocre or dead end bad team in New York. And that is really, really sad. And it hurts because Mets fans deserve better. They deserve a better product on the field. And I don't want to hear about this 12 and one start anymore or whatever it was, because at the time coming into the season, I didn't think they were that good and they were playing over their heads. Season just started pitches ahead of hitters. It is against over ahead of pitchers. Everybody's finding themselves. And, and eventually what, what would come is what we see now. And it really, really breaks a, a, the heart of a Met fan. And um, look, the future is not good unless they start rebuilding now. Well, Rich, let me let me throw this at you. So you look at the roster, and and certainly, and this was the point I had mentioned that Andy Martino, Vincent Weiss said it's a sick club. I mean, you go up and down the roster, there's holes. We know there's issues, and player development has been a, a problem. They they addressed that by overhauling to a certain degree the minor league system. But I look up and down. Okay, Rosario, young player, 22. I don't know what he's going to be, but he was rated as one of the top prospects in baseball. Conforto and Nimmo, those Which are really a, good yeah. young uh, mm-hmm. building blocks in the outfield. The starting rotation, look, there's a lot of teams, contending teams, that would, would want this starting rotation. Uh, you got uh, Seth Lugo and Gazelman in the bullpen. You got some interesting bullpen arms they mm. acquired last year. It's, it's, you can make something out of this. Now, your point is Sandy Alderson's the wrong guy. 
But why would you rebuild? The first step would be you're not going to rebuild with Sandy Alderson, whose contract runs out next year. No. He's 70 years old. Um, is right. John Rickle the guy? And can you, with what you have, because that's not trash what I just mentioned, can you at least compete no. over the next two years and, and bring in the right players around them? Because everything seems to go wrong. It wasn't like every move was well, in, in a vacuum bad. They went bad. It's some bad luck attached to that. Well, the first step I would do is is uh, Sandy either has to resign prior to the All-Star break, before the trading deadline, because I don't trust him making any deals. You, you know, look at the, before the trading deadline last year and, and got rid of all the veterans and Bruce Granderson, as I wrote the other night. Uh, guys like that, what did he get back? He got nothing back except for the kid we made of saw last night that finally made his debut out of the bullpen. And Smith, who throws pretty hard, he could be he could be their eventual closer, but the guy in place there that could take this over is Omar Minaya. Yeah, he he left in a little turmoil, but it wasn't his fault. But when Omar Minaya was in charge, the Mets were winning. The Mets had the top, if not one of the top three minor league organizations in baseball, filled with talent, international talent. Need I remind everyone again? That three years ago, this world team that went to the World Series, a lot of those guys were Omar Minaya's guys, not Sandy Alderson's guys. You rebuild, and you don't rebuild by trading Dave Jacob DeGrom. You rebuild, you can trade Noah Synagogue, Jerry's Familiar, and I'm just talking about the kid Smith. This kid could be your eventual closer. Okay, You rebuild by maybe, uh, uh, if you have to trade a Michael Conforto, if someone wants him, do it. The problem is you got to get prospects back, and you're not going to get prospects across town from the New York Yankees for Jacob DeGrom or anyone else. Yankees are not parting guys like that away. It comes down to this. It comes down to baseball-minded people in this new area of analytics. You need either it's more younger baseball-minded people in the organization running the whole ship. Sandy's not the guy. Omar Minaya, he's not a youngster, Omar, but he's baseball knowledgeable, and he knows how to get the international flavor. You mentioned, uh, uh, and I'm talking Latin American players, because baseball, that's that's a majority of Latin players from Latin American countries, just like the Yankees have, and all young good prospects, Torres, Andrew, so far. You need to rebuild. You need to do what the Yankees did, that formula, what Brian Cashman did the last couple of years. You need to do what the Royals did at one time, got younger, the Cubs and the Astros and a whole lot of other teams. The Mets aren't doing that. And very simple, the product showing on the field. This is a disgrace. It's a veteran team. It's a team that I said coming into the season that had the oldest infield in baseball, uh, uh, except for Rosario and if Dominic Smith played first base. I mean, hell, why pay a minimum for Adrian Gonzalez, a guy who was over the hill, couldn't do it anymore? And granted, Jose Batista, they needed to pick up someone to fill the void in the outfield, 37 years old. And he's, he happens right now to be the best hitter because he's in tune. He's got it going right now. But that's not your future. That is not your future. And Ahmad Rosario, according to what, I'm here, what I hear and from what I'm told from some top-level scouts, is, is overrated. They made him a top prospect. And I don't care how he was in the pipeline as a top 10 in baseball, whatever. He will never become this superstar, this great uh, guy. We're going to be one of the, uh, another Jose Reyes, who would real to me was never really great superstar anyway. 
But Rosario is extremely overrated. And they never gave Dominic Smith a chance. Now they got him in the outfield. Doesn't make any sense. That's baseball. That that that's mean that you have to have the right baseball people running the ship, just like the Yankees have in the Bronx. What? Who are the keepers, Rich? In your opinion, you mentioned the Grom, the roster. Yeah. I mean, if you want to rebuild, look, there are fans out there that want it all. They want them all gone. Whatever you can get right yeah. now, tear it down. Become bad for three years, and and that's risky because once you give them all away, yeah, you don't know when you're going to get another special. You know, they they the exactly. fans are not going to realize how fortunate Syndergaard, Degrom, when he was healthy, Harvey. That's that doesn't yeah. happen very often. Well, who are the keepers? No. How do you rebuild this thing so that they're oh. these guys are around and and productive when they become good? If a if a rebuild is the right, a total rebuild, not a retool, well, a total well, rebuild. I know, is the I know the look. Uh, it's a good question, and it's a question that, thank goodness, we don't have to uh, handle because we're not in that position. But we can speculate and can hear all the talk and rumor, and you go into it in the next few weeks as we approach July 31 trading debt, non-waiver trading deadline. Um, look, you don't trade Jacob DeGrom. This is a guy you could lock in. Uh, he's still he's 30 years old. He still can uh, give you what you need and build around him. If I were the Mets, I would trade. I would definitely Noah Syndergaard. And, and look, Noah's getting his, has his injuries. Unless the GM wants to take a risk with that, I would do that. Uh, he's going through some arm problems. It's obvious. And he's always got a problem with the hand or the finger, whatever it is. But, uh, that's like the injury ward over there at City Fields. You never know who's going to go down. I could go down sitting in the press box, and I hope that never happens. But um, uh, Noah Syndergaard definitely is a guy that, that teams could use a, a frontline starter, and you could get some quality, good, top 20, 25 prospects from a team uh, out of a deal there. That could make an immediate impact. I would look at him. I would look at um, – and I'm talking about – uh, the, the young guys they could build around. And even though DeGrom's still not a youngster, to me he is, and he's quality, and you know what he's doing and what he can capably doing uh, in the future. Okay, let's continue this. You keep Rosario, obviously. You have to. Dominic Smith, if uh, if someone wants Dominic Smith, then, you know, do it. Train him out. Do it to get something back. But I think they have to build around again, Dominic Smith. Give the kid a chance. I would definitely trade like a Syndergaard familiar, Jerry's familiar package with someone else. Jerry's familiar is not the same. It's not working here no more. And uh, he still can give a a team that needs a viable closer uh, something good. The Mets have to get something back. All right, let's go to the outfield. You could, I don't know why they re-signed Jay Bruce. At the time, I thought maybe he was good. But, you know, you gave a guy a lot of money for three years who's now showing that age is on his side, just like this whole Mets team. Because you can't win games when you're old. You've got to be young and athletic like the Yankees and a lot of other teams are doing. You, get, you know, those guys have to go. Get rid of all these, just a clean sweep. And just go through that roster. You know, you could work if you want. You could run down the whole roster and look at the catching situation. I mean, we left last year with Terry Collins saying that that was going to be the plan. Platoon them 
the Ploweki, who I call Pukeki, Puke, and uh, Travis Denard, Mr. Injury Prone, um, you know, that that was going to be the catchy situation coming into this year. Yet they could have gone out and got a Jonathan Lucroy or someone else, and they didn't do it. So they're catching the part. They need a catcher. They need a catcher. Uh, Mezorosco is filling the void, and, you know, overall he can't complain, but he's not. On this team, it'll never show. So uh, you got to go out. You got to get a better catcher. They have a couple of them down in AAA, including a veteran Johnny Monell. Well, right now, Johnny Monell, who I know real well, he's banging up the ball in AAA Vegas, and he's a veteran. It's not going to help. He's in his 30s, but he's better than what they got right now behind the plate in Johnny Monell. Um, Rich, what do you think is wrong with What do you think is what do think is wrong with Sussman? He's broken goods. He's he's, he's broken down. Uh, all the training he does, if it's not with his legs, it's something else. Lifting weights has obviously hindered him and hurt him. Uh, he goes away from one training regime to another. I think Cespedes just does not have it anymore. Uh, his body's broken down. I'm hearing that uh, all of this uh, – physical work he does in the offseason takes its toll when you get to this point of the year. That's what I've heard. And I think we've seen the best days of Giannis, you want to assess for this done. Again, I look at three years ago when they got him and got helped him get to the World Series and then they re-signed him back. You had to do that. As much as it cost them, they had no choice. They had to do that. Um, he's broken down and You'll never go in to see him back at 100%. He'll get back in the lineup, and the same thing's going to happen again. So what do you attribute it to? It's conditioning. That's another thing. Uh, these guys condition differently than they did years ago. And when you're conditioning the way they do, and how they do it, I don't know, but I talk to a lot of strength and conditioning coaches involved in the game, involved in boxing, and they tell me, there's a certain way of doing this, a certain way of doing that, and perhaps the Mets, including Yolanda Cespedes, to bring up your point, are doing it the wrong way. And until we can actually see it ourselves face-to-face, we'll never know. But what hap- with, with more, with more what's going on here is they're broken down and they're old, and you have to get more younger and more athletic. And that begins by having the right personnel in place at the top that will bring in the proper players, just like the Yankees did in the Bronx. Rich, let's say, you know, let's talk in reality what you think may happen. Uh, Sandy sticks around. He trades Cabrera. Oh, I Amelia, hope Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, he, first thing, he's got a contract for 2019. Sandy's got to go. I, I, they're not going to ever get any better with a guy like that at the helm. He's got to go. And Met fans want to see that too. But, you know, what the Met fan wants to them to get. However, it's obvious. All the baseball knows that this man's got to get out. It's out. He's out of his time now. Sorry to cut you off. And I'm venting That's at the okay. same time. I, listen, because if, I, not, only my, back, not only am I a fan, I have to cover this crap all the time. <laughs> Rich bringing the heat on a Sunday morning before the Mets-Dodgers final game. Uh, I haven't Omar had Manaya my morning coffee back, yet. You haven't had yeah. the coffee yet. Here's the funny part. If Omar Manaya comes back uh, in that role, 
do you realize Mets fans would be like, this is the Isaiah Thomas of the Mets? I mean, the one thing I was yeah, told they, from a very yeah. high-level uh, Mets executive is that the issue with Manaya versus Alderson was that Omar was a good, good talent evaluator, and he was able to kind of strike and recruit and go after the big fish, but he never really had a plan mm-hmm. going into the offseason, and that hurt them, and Sandy's more methodical. They're both extreme polar opposites. You almost need a little bit of both yeah. to get the right Right. Yeah, but the, the, the thing that Omar brings to the table is his ability to get players, uh, uh, you know, he's respected in the Latino community, you know, community of baseball. And we don't give Sandy enough credit, uh, rather, uh, Sandy, please. Uh, I don't want to even hear that name no more in a few months. We don't give Omar enough credit for, for who he knows in the game and his knowledge of the game. Uh, Omar Renier is a baseball man. He's been since he was a kid. And if anything, he knows the Mets organization in and out. The Major League Baseball is more than pleased to see Omar Renier back in the fold there with the Mets at City Field. And he was a consultant or working the Major League Baseball offices for a few years uh, after he left the San Diego Padres in a similar capacity that he had with the Mets. And, and you know what? If you look in a couple of years, you're going to see the San Diego Padres contending again, if not by next year. And it's because a lot of those guys come from Omar Menier's thinking. Okay? So look out for that, by the way. Um, you got to look at Omar as this again. Talented, knows baseball talent, and uh, makes the right recommendations that ownership is going to have to listen to. And uh, that's another thing. You never hear from the Wilpons. You never hear from them. They don't say a damn thing. They say it when they say it. They say it at the wrong time. But Omar is the guy. He's in place, and he was brought in to be in place right now because I'm pretty sure that the Wilpons knew they had to put someone there in place to take over for Sandy. And if it's not Omar, they'll go to a younger guy. But I don't know if Rico's capable of doing it. I think you got to just clean house and get someone new in there. And it might be the return and being new of Omar Menaier that could shake things up and give him a chance at it. Last thing, Rich, on this team, um, Mickey Do Callaway. I, I can go on uh, and on if you want. I can oh, you can go on. I'm not, that ball- I, I'm not going to that <laughs> ballpark today, so it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to go see gonna a soccer a game instead. <laughs> Rich, I can't Mickey watch Callaway. this team. I can't. Yeah. Mickey Calloway, um, your thoughts. I think he gets yeah. – I know he's made some mistakes, but um, yeah. look, if Aaron Boone Not was in cool. Flushing and Mickey was in the Bronx, yeah. I think nothing would be different well, right now. What, what you are your thoughts about Mickey question. Calloway? Well, pitching conscious, uh, pitcher conscious guy, it's showing with him and Dave Island. Look, the pitching staff overall is patched up as it's been and some of the guys that have been there. You know, you got to credit – the last six weeks and the last month with all this losing and the pitches in the ERA being where it's at, uh, those two, when you, excuse me, when you have a manager who comes from a pitching background, you can expect that. You're seeing it. As far as his baseball decision-making in the dugout and as far as uh, getting the hitters in sync and getting that together, well, they don't have. Kevin Long and I dug out no more. They don't have a pitcher. They don't have a viable, really good hitting coach. And you have a pitching, a pitcher conscious manager 
and, and a pitching coach who comes with a great reputation in Dave Island. I can't blame Callaway for what's going on. He's not managerial type as a rookie. Doesn't have that decision-making process. I think he goes to the bullpen much too much. Uh, Aaron Boone does also, and that might hurt the Yankees down the long run in September. Um, I didn't think Callaway was the guy for this job. I'm not faulting him. He's great with the media. I mean, I love he gives you gives you the right answer and uh, very patient. But I don't think he's enough to to fire up these guys. And how could you fire them up anyway? Because when you go in that Met clubhouse, it's dead. It's dead. But I don't think he's the guy that was made for this job. I think the guy I wanted, who knew, who knew a lot of this, a lot of the organization. Um, Chip Hale, that's the guy I thought would be good to manage his team, but I don't think anyone right now when managing this team would have been very successful or looking good. I don't think Callaway should be faulted. It comes down to that. Again, it comes down to who constructed this roster, who put this team together. Coming out of spring training, Sandy Alderson, they said there would be a lot of good expectations, and you could think that the Mets would be good enough to contend for a wild card. And it looked like that coming out of spring training, pitches are healthy. Everyone is at strength and it was looking good. The, the person here to blame again is master Sandy, the JM, Sandy Alderson. He put this together, even though it was looking good in spring training, you blame him and you got to give Mickey Callaway a chance. He came into a situation optimistic, but certainly we see where it's gone. And we're not even at the end of June. Could you see a panic move? Well, maybe not a panic move. That's the wrong word. <clears throat> Ownership look at a Girardi this offseason, a Dusty Baker, a name as a way to say, okay, we don't want to blow this thing up. We want to try to see what we got here. Fire Callaway. Uh, bring in that kind of manager. Keep Island because he's he's the pitching guru, quote unquote. Could you see that scenario happening? Is that I mean, it's it's it's. I don't think it's a hundred percent unlikely for sure at all. No, I, it's not unlikely. I, I, I wouldn't even doubt that to see Terry Collins come back in the dugout if they want to do oh, that. They Lord. love Terry. <laughs> yeah, I know. know but you know I what? Know. Terry, Terry would be good in the front office uh, with a higher role. And, and I even floated around the idea with some of the guys in the press box that Terry Collins may be coming back to be the general manager. But, you know, he's a baseball, you know, he's his baseball personnel. He knows how to make uh, moves. I, 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 I could see. I don't think Terry at his age would want that, though, because you got to go younger. That's how this game is gone. Um, tell you, I never thought about a Joe Girardi or a Dusty Baker, and I don't think that's fair to Mickey Callaway because he can't, again, can't be blamed for what's gone on here. Uh, this isn't his fault. You're as good as the players you have. You just mentioned Aaron Boone. That's why the Yankees are having this great success. Why Alex Cora. Is having that great success up in Boston. Why A.J. Hinch is having that great success in Houston with the Astros. Uh, you're as good as your players. I can't fault Callaway for what's gone on here. Um, and, and you could float around all the names you want. I don't think Mickey Callaway's going anywhere. Fair enough. So what do you got coming up, Rich? Obviously, you're not going to the ballpark today. As the back half no. of the season comes on, it'll be more Yankees. Uh, last year it was the manager well, watch and the, yeah. you know, the tearing the team apart. So, so Mets news will probably subside over the next, uh, we got another four or five weeks of that. 
and then it'll be on to something else. Yeah. What do you got coming up at New York Sports Day? Well, we got, uh, you know, cover the Yankees, which is, which is always interesting because when you go there, uh, you know, you see the same brand of baseball. I, I mean, it's it actually gets boring because you know they're going to win, even though they hit a little funk. But every team's going to go through that through a long course of 162 games, as good as they are. So a lot of Yankee coverage. And uh, today, I'm, I see, I was scheduled to do soccer. Uh, and I do a lot of that. I've become a, a soccer buff, and I like covering NYCFC. They got a new coach, so I'll be there this after, later uh, this afternoon. Um, so we do we cover in soccer there, and I'll skip the Mets for the day and go back there tomorrow night because it is baseball season, and I belong there. So a lot of the Yankees, I'll still we'll be on the Met watch as I like to do. Uh, we'll be watching and hearing. Uh, what what's going to happen here? How do they turn around the ship for next year and, and for the future? Uh, that's what we'll be doing. And, uh, you know, we're uh, New York sports day is, uh, you know, we cover it all. We, we try and get and, and of course there's always boxing, which is my favorite sport. Everyone knows that. And I'll be uh, looking out for uh, some boxing stuff, but um, it's baseball season right now. And then there'll be, football coming in real after that where I take a little breather. I don't cover much of that. And then you got, you know, we, if you look at New York sports uh, we, we, we cover it all. We're, we're very diverse. Uh, we'll cover I'll tell you one thing, Rich. Weeks if I'll we tell have you, to. Uh, I, Joe McDonald in the, his forum that he has over at New York sports day, that was the original Twitter. That was a brutal place for writers sometimes because you go there, you put yeah. your stuff up. They were brutally honest, but, um, uh, it is yeah. a great site, nysportsday.com. Rich, go get some coffee because if this is you without oh. coffee, the, the 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 fans are are you know going to be in. A, listen, the minute they hear Omar Manaya, Terry Collins, I got to tell you that'll great, bring some discussion out there, fun debate and good stuff. So yeah, uh, I, I go get some coffee. I, I don't know. You know what? Before I let you go, and I appreciate you having me on. I'll do this any time with you. Uh, awesome. They can listen to me as well. I start. I uh, started a new internet show on Tuesday Night Live on YouTube oh, nice. Live. All mm-hmm. bases covered with Rich Mancuso. You can log on to the Facebook page, uh, Sports with Rich, and uh, they'll link you into the YouTube page. Tuesday Night Live, seven to nine p.m. So they can send messages or call in live and vent as much as I do. I, I know. I, I'm going to tell every Met fan this about Omar and Aya. He's not. As bad as you think. He left, and it didn't look good, but it wasn't his fault. It was Tony Benazard. Tony Bernazard. Tony Bernazard. It was not, yep. Yeah, it was under him. So you got Omar is extremely knowledgeable and more knowledgeable than the average fan thinks. And if you're going to write this ship in Flushing Bay, where this team belongs, in the Bay, unfortunately, you're going to write the ship, you know, there's a guy right there right now that could come in, and I expect that to happen. I, I I really do expect Omar to take over once they decide what to do with Sandy. If anyone's going to take the fall for this, it's uh, it's going to be Sandy Alverson, and they're going to work something out, and it's going to happen real soon, I believe. I haven't heard anything, but I'll be getting into that during the next week or so. You know, Sandy alluded to the fact that, um, you know, we need more wins. Well, of course we do. But he, he roundabout way said the other day, 
he's taking responsibility for this. And you can see the pain etched in his face and in his voice. And he doesn't know how to answer the questions no more. So I could see something happening with Sandy Allison real soon, uh, maybe before the All-Star break or before the trading deadline, hopefully where, because I don't want Sandy making the moves. We don't. If you're a Met fan, comes down to this. You don't want Sandy Allison making making trades for your team. You don't want this guy. Not, it, I wouldn't put your trust in this general manager. That's what it comes down to. Rich, I'll be checking out uh, the, the Facebook Good. page, the YouTube. Be well. Let's do this again. Get some coffee. Enjoy Anytime. the soccer. And we'll come, talk again, Come to my the friend. ballpark. Come to the ballpark. I'm sure there'll be plenty of room. There'll be plenty, there'll be plenty of room in the press seat. box in another. <laughs> yep, in a couple of weeks, there'll be plenty of room. Yeah. Come over there. All right. All right, All right man. Be my well, pleasure. Rich. Thanks Thank for everything. You. Thank you very Take much. Bye bye. Richman Cuso, nysportsday.com at ring seven eighty six. I knew it would be a great segment. He he brings it. Last time I had him on, he he had he listen. He's got some good info. He had the Cespedes signing. He felt Cespedes was coming back and. He gives you a lot of things to talk about. We got a lot to get into about Rich's comments. Uh, He had a little bit of a different view than I had in the open, but uh, I'd like to address Omar Minaya um, and and some of those things because I think that's very interesting. You're listening to the Talking Mets podcast here. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva, every week. Check me out at Mike Silva Media, and you can get the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and our buddies over at The Grueling Truth, part of the iHeart Media Network. We'll be back with some final thoughts and wrap up right after this. Hey, Mets fans. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If you're looking for the best unbiased and independent coverage of the New York Mets, then look no further than MetsmerizedOnline.com. Metsmerized Online is the go-to place for comprehensive Mets coverage, including exclusive interviews, daily original articles, great weekly features, in-depth analysis, minor league reports, game-by-game breakdowns, and so much more. Find out why thousands of fans turn to Metsmerized Online every day to get the latest news and opinions about the Mets. Coming from an impressive staff of the most passionate fans and skilled writers ever assembled all in one place. Check it out for yourselves, Mets fans. Go to MetsmerizedOnline.com right now. That's Mets, M-E-R-I-Z-E-D, online.com, and get Metsmerized today. And uh, that was uh, Rich Mancuso. And boy, no, if that was Rich without coffee, I'd just love to see what would have been the case if he did have coffee. Anyway, uh, real quick before we wrap up here, and I thought Rich brought some interesting points to the table. Uh, you know, Omar Manaya, and you heard me say it to Rich, Omar Manaya, I think, did some really nice things in terms of recruiting big stars. I know Tony Barnazad, who was the big problem with that regime, was part of that. He was a big part in helping recruit Carlos Beltran, Pedro Martinez uh, for that 06 run. I don't know if Omar necessarily is the guy that you want running a team. Do you want him, and can he provide value within the front office? Sure. I got to tell you, if the Mets did anything to bring back either Terry Collins or Omar Minaya, it would be the Mets version of Jim Dolan and Isaiah Thomas. Maybe not as bad, but it's it's essentially that's the same thing. Uh, So as much as I think Rich brings up an interesting point, I think the Mets have to move forward. And I'm not saying Omar doesn't have to be part of the solution. Uh, I don't think that being the fact that he was GM eight years ago, I mean, you've seen like Larry Boa came back as a coach on the Philly staff a few years back 
and uh, he was their manager at one point. As time passes, it's not as big of a deal. You have to have that that spread from when the the individual was fired and was in charge. Um, but I certainly don't know if uh, if Omar should be <laughs> running the Mets. Uh, but it's an interesting thought. As far as Terry, I think he's right. I think Terry has value in the front office, and I always felt that when Terry was running, was uh, you know doing player development, running the minor league system, that was a great role for him. I think he was miscast as a manager, and I think if his role, which originally was to be a caretaker, and then hand the team over when they were good, if it was if they stuck to that, uh, it would have been a fi- I would have been fine with it. But that's not what they did. And uh, as far as Mickey Callaway, like uh, Mancuso said, I don't think it's his fault. I think he got thrown into a win-now type of situation, a disgruntled fan base. If this was 2011, I think the fans would have more patience with a Mickey Callaway. I don't think they like the fact that he's very methodical about his post-game and talks about the process and doesn't get emotional. Uh, I think that there's this idea, well, that's not New York. Well, you know what? New York needs to grow up a little bit. New York fans need to grow up a little bit because... New York fans sometimes sound like a bunch of dopes when they talk, call in to talk radio, honestly. So, uh, you know, that that's that's part of the problem, that people think you have to be a, a raving lunatic uh, because you're a raving lunatic. And you know what? Rich, you heard. He brought the passion. He brought a different take than what you're going to get from me, who's trying to be, like, as balanced here of approach as possible because I look at this like I would look at any other kind of situation. You know, do you want to go through a painful five-year rebuild? And maybe that's what eventually this will be. I just think there's an opportunity with the kind of pitching they have at the front end of this uh, of this rotation that if you get into any short series, the Mets have a chance to win it. doesn't matter how flawed they are. And to give that up early when these guys are not free agents for another couple of years, to me, is is, is criminal. And, and you know what? I don't care if it's Sandy Alderson, and I understand Rich's frustration with Sandy, or Omar Minaya, or whoever else it would be running this team. You should be able to, with a $150 million, $170 million payroll, put together a team that could compete for a second wild card in today's day and age of the league. And you look up and down the league, you know, I don't want to hear about super teams and teams are passing the Mets and they can't catch up. You don't know. Baseball's not the NBA. Baseball is, is, is changes from year to year, and it's not predicated on just one player. And just because a player is having a good year now doesn't mean they'll have a good year next year. And there's a couple of guys on that Braves roster, Nick Markakis is of one, who are a little over-indexed. They're playing a little bit above their heads. So, you know, let's see those young players continue as time goes on. So, anyway, great stuff from Rich. Really interesting segment. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, I'll be on WLIE tonight, uh, Sunday night. 8.30, so check that out. If you, uh, Depending on when you're listening to this, I'll also upload that to the Talking Mets feed, uh, and we'll uh, we'll have some fun. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Of course, I want to thank our friend Rich Mancuso. Check him out at New York Sports Day, nysportsday.com. You can also check him out on Twitter, at Ring786. want to thank the good folks, our friends over at MetsMorizedOnline.com. Send me a tweet, at MikeSilvaMedia, and you can get the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Leave me a review on iTunes. Very much appreciated. And check out our friends, The Grueling Truth, part of the iHeart Media Network. I'm your host, Mike Silva. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I'll be back next week. Till then, take care. Meet the mess, meet the mess. Head for the park and greet the mess. Hot dogs, green grass, all out of shape. Guaranteed to have a heck of a day. Because those mess are really rocking that ball. Hitting those home runs over the wall.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.